Double Team Podcast. We are back, continuing our breakdown of all NBA teams. We are on to Charlotte, Chicago, and Cleveland, going in alphabetical order. You missed it last week, our our breakdown episode number one of the first three teams we covered last week. News uh, for the Boston Celtics that wasn't available to us last week. Chris Stapps Porzingis, plantar fasciitis, already dealing with a foot issue. Um, and that's the concern. That is, that was a concern coming off of his best year. Can this guy stay healthy? We love that addition. We love the Boston Celtics with Porzingis. But, hey, that's a concern when you bring him in. Can he stay healthy? Do you Are you scared? Um, No, I'm not. Because it's better that it's happening now, right? And not in March or February. So... We know the Celtics are going to make the playoffs. We know they're going to be a top four seed uh, no matter who's playing. And if he's able to be healthy for the playoffs, I think that they're going to be perfectly fine. I'm not worried at all. I think this is something that's going to require some some load management. Plantar fasciitis can be a nagging thing, and it's hard to – it's like bone spurs um, in your foot. I've actually dealt with that. Uh, myself and it can be very painful painful can be a real pain in the ass to to deal with and you know it might just be a nagging thing that he's kind of having to deal with all year but you know they need him for the playoffs and that's if you can if you can just get him there then I think they've got a good shot but that's the news with uh, the Celtics and we'll move on to our three teams this week with uh, starting off with the Charlotte Hornets the ever exciting Charlotte Hornets that's under right. new ownership, Michael Jordan out yeah. as majority owner, sold his stake to a um, couple guys that have been around. One guy, uh, I had his name. One is uh, Plotkin, Gay Plotkin, I believe. And the other one is, one of them was um, a pretty substantial role with the Atlanta Hawks. I should uh, I should mm. know this. I, I was just reading about these guys yesterday. Um, another one has they've both been in pretty big roles, minority ownership roles in the past, one with the Hawks. And he's kind of had a, a hand and in going into the State Farm Arena and kind of upgrading it. And so these guys have been around. They're no just outsiders to the league. Um, they've both served on the board of governors for the NBA. So, you know, I think these are guys that have been around the league, maybe more so on the business side than, than Jordan. I think they can kind of play the perfect role as long as everybody gets along. But Charlotte Hornets, young team, Brandon Miller, second pick in the draft. So they've they've got the young talent. I, I don't know if they make it all work. It's not going to be this year. But uh, at least got some exciting young talent to watch. Yeah, so just recapping all the stuff they did over the offseason. They lose Theo Maladon. They lose Fima Kailu. They lose Kelly Oubre Jr., who's still looking for a job. Dennis Smith Jr. is out of there. And they lose P.J. Washington. They bring in Amari Bailey in the draft. Uh, Miles Bridges, they gave him a contract. He's good to go. Uh, and like you said, they drafted Brandon Miller. They signed Frank Nidalekina. And they re-upped LaMelo on that Supermax extension. Mm. Now, is he worth it? Um, by name recognition, yeah. Has he earned it? No, but you know, in the NBA, you gotta pay your guy no matter what. Um, that's especially just especially works. if you're Charlotte. I mean, especially right. if you're Charlotte. 
you got to do it. I mean, this is, you know, somebody you drafted that, that you just sort of have to force to be the guy. Gordon Hayward still exists out there in the world, and he's on yeah. this team still. Um, I, you know, we all know about Miles Bridges and and his deal of, of getting in trouble and all that, but the basketball player, Miles Bridges, extremely exciting. Um, you know, they're a young athletic team. Kai Jones is, is an extremely gifted athlete. He is super fun to watch. Um, these guys all need to get better. Nick Richards, though, the seven-foot center, um, you know, played decent minutes. Cody Martin. But well, – and- is this going to be the worst team in the league? Hmm. I don't know. They'll, you know, I think now that the league, the bottom of the league might not just be that horrible. Each team has like San Antonio, Houston, Detroit, and Charlotte, Orlando. I think Orlando, I don't know if they got any better, but uh, they, they won oh, 34 good, games. Man. I mean, yeah. I mean, they they're won 34 games. Yeah, I mean, Bolts, so Wendell Carter, the bottom of the league, say the bottom four teams uh, of the league, the two from each conference are all better. I mean, they're all young. Houston is really exciting. They've got, you know, players that are growing together. San Antonio, we know playoffs. they had one. Uh, well, they play in maybe, but, uh, you know, I, I hate to look at my Pistons right there and, and think that somebody's got to be last. I don't know who it's going to be. Washington. Um, you know, could could something happen with Dame and then it's Portland? So that I would I would have to think so. Maybe there's just but, not there's there's not any teams that are just outright tanking. Like, oh my God, this is the worst roster I've ever seen. I mean, even the no. Wizards at least have Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma, I guess, but. Yeah, they'll be Charlotte, playing hard. Charlotte, I think, like, you know, even if every team is, even if there isn't a team that looks horrible, there's still going to be a team that finishes toward the bottom. And I just don't see this Charlotte team doing anything. They'll win 30, you know, 35 games maybe, but just another year for Charlotte. I don't really know what they're up to. I mean, look, you got Brandon Miller and you got LaMelo. You got you know, two top two picks. That should be enough, right? That should be enough. And then you build around them. So I'm not that high on Brandon Miller personally. Like, I think he's going to be good, but he's not going to be all-star. I don't think he's going to, his, he's a high floor, low ceiling guy to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, still, I don't even know about the floor really. I'm, I'm not bought in on Brandon Miller much at all. I mean, can the skill be there? But, you know, yeah, we watched him a lot at Alabama his one year there. And, you know, in college, he had the talent to look better than than everybody on the court. But now compared to NBA talent, you know, he's not going to be faster than everybody. He's not going to be better. I mean, he's he's a big guy that, you know, a big he's wing. Young. That can shoot. What is he? He's 19 years old. Right, he had a rough summer league. I mean, I'm not gonna write the guy off, but they're not doing nothing this year. That's for certain. They are not gonna I, be good. I question the mentality of Brandon Miller. Is he truly a dog that's gonna work super hard to be great? I don't know about that. Um, you gotta ask that same question about Lamelo too. Guy just got his big contract deal. That's the problem. 
you really got to have the mindset because now it's like, man, I'm a good enough player to get paid forty million a year. What am I really about to grind and strive for? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Steve Clifford, head coach, has a big job on his hands to kind of get these guys to to all play hard and to grow. And Miles Bridges too. I mean, you don't really have a true leader on that team. Gordon Hayward is he going to be that that guy? Is he that guy? I don't know. But he is the veteran on the team that you know should at least be respected. But you know, they are going to play extremely fast. That's their brand of basketball. Their pace will be up there with the fastest teams in the league. So that might, you know, that could get some teams early on in the season. Their pace is going to be extremely fast. And just their pure athleticism could lead to wins. Um, but, you know, this team is, their expectations for the year just can't be high. I mean, they're going to be right around, again, what they were last year, I think. But you know, they, they do try to play an exciting brand at least. So we now have somebody new to watch in Brandon Miller, the return of Miles Bridges, LaMelo Ball, and then, you know, I, I mentioned... for the diehard Hornets fans. Oh, yeah. You know, like I... You know, me being the Pistons fan, I am. I, I hype up their young players. Hornets have the same ability to do it with theirs. Um, I would rather have the Pistons roster, you know, unbiased. I would rather have that roster than the Hornets roster. But, you know, I mentioned Nick Richards and Kai Jones. I mean, there's young players on this team that if it all could just grow together, you know, could they be good? What's what's good? Relative. All right. well, let's move on. Yeah, let's move on to Chicago Bulls. Now, this could be another team that might not have a good year at all. So. They lose Patrick Beverly. They, they didn't lose much, right? They lose Patrick Beverly, Javante Green, Derek Jones. They bring in not much either. They're bringing in Javon Carter, Tory Craig, and they re-signed Vucevic uh, on a on an extension. There were rumors that Levine could get moved this offseason. He's still there. Look, it's just no secret. This is not a roster that's going to do anything. Like, you know, best case scenario, best case scenario, you're in the play-in. And then worst case scenario, it all just goes to hell. And maybe you're in a top five pick. Um, If I'm Chicago, I think you got to blow it up. Uh, I think you got to flip Levine. You flip DeRozan. This just isn't, you don't have the nucleus that can win. You don't have the role players that people want. So just trade. Your guys, they also re-signed Kobe White. I mean, what what do you think? Chicago's just kind of in no man's land. They are. I don't think they had much of a choice than to just try to run it back. And, you know, that's scary if you're a Bulls fan because, man, were they just nothing but a, a meddling team. You know, some of these guys like Dasunmu and Kobe White. Yeah, you re-signed Kobe White, but have they have they developed in what – into what you thought they could be. I don't yeah, think so. Patrick I, Williams, he was supposed I to was, be like the next Kawhi yeah. Leonard. Getting to Patrick Williams, you know, 21, he is, this is the year that he has to show what he truly can offer. You know, that's somebody we, that they truly looked at as a possible, you know, star for them of the future. And it just hasn't been there yet. Maybe flashes, but no consistency whatsoever. Um, but you know, I was a big Kobe White fan. He can be exciting at times, but it's just none of these young players have truly taken the next step. But they will be a hard-nosed team. I mean, the Lonzo ball stuff is extremely 
tough. I mean, hate it for Lonzo. I kind of once he got out of the the you know shadow of his father and all that nonsense, man. I became a more and more a fan of Lonzo. I love the kind of point guard player he is. I love you know I I just turned into more of a Lonzo fan, and now this I man like just Lonzo. cannot. Ca- I always like Lonzo more than Lamelo, just in the play style and the way that you know you pride yourself on defense and you're not yeah. you know that go-to score. I mean, that last year in New Orleans, that three-point shot was starting to come along. It was like, oh, he's really starting to piece it together, and that's why Chicago gave him that nice contract. But I mean, his career is basically over at this point. I mean, yeah, he's it's crazy to say that Lonzo's 25. You know, it's it's really down to the last shot for his body to to be there for him. But this team will probably be a hard-nosed, grinding team defensively. With You bring in Javon Carter. I, I love him as a, as a backup. Um, Javon Carter, Caruso, DeRozan. I mean, these are some, some grinding types of players. Levine, maybe not so much. But they'll be, I guess, decent defensively. Um, you know, they re-signed Vucevic. 30, 32 years old, they just really, what were you going to do? I mean, they just sort of had to try to run it back. But again, this team is not going to do anything. You can like DeRozan all you want, 34 years old. Um, he's still got, you know, the midi pull up. He's still got the game, but that's that's about I would it. say, and tell me how you feel about this, I think the Charlotte Hornets are in a better place and have more to root for than the Chicago Bulls do. At least you got two young guys and there's potential, and there's hope. With this team, it's like, it's not going to work. We know that. And it's just kind of like, what are we doing? Like, I know you can't always just blow it up, right? Like, oh, we're not, we're not a contender. Let's blow it up and start from scratch. But I think this is, and look, you know better than anyone. Remember those Andre Drummond Pistons teams? Always the eighth seed, and they just wouldn't make a big move. They just stayed in that meddling zone. I feel like that's where Chicago's at right now. You're right. I mean, definitely having having the young players having gone through hell to, you know, get draft capital and having something to look forward to in the future. I'd much rather be in that spot. I know I'd rather, you know, again, mention the Pistons. I'd rather be that fan, you know, having these young players to root for and, and hope for the future because it's impending doom for the Bulls fans. You know it's coming at some point. They're just – you know, trying to scrape by with what they have now, but it's it's not going to work. And you know they're going to have to try to blow it up to get anything you can for for Levine and even DeRozan. I don't know, man. At 34 years old, you know, at making 28 million dollars a year, I don't know who's going to be begging for that. But they're just going to be exactly what they were, no different whatsoever. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get off them then, and let's go to Cleveland, a team with some hope. But also maybe they might be dreading something on the horizon. So there was a story in the offseason that said, you know, this is uh, Donovan Mitchell's last year of his contract. And a report came out and said, Donovan Mitchell's not playing to resign. And Cleveland knows that he's not going to resign. He wants to go to New York. Let's just start with that storyline specifically. What do you think about that? Ah. I, yeah, I think we kind of have to expect that maybe, I mean, him being linked to New York, that's been the case forever now. Um, so, but you got to look at, at what Cleveland has. Yeah, it's going to be a blow, 
But I don't. Uh, there's a world where it's just not the worst thing in the world. I mean, yeah, you're going to take a step back if Donovan Mitchell is not on that team. Um, but still, Darius Garland and Evan Mobley, you have also things to be excited about. I mean, it's, it's you know, I'm just trying to look at the positive here. But if losing Mitchell will be a problem. I'm not the biggest Darius Garland guy. I feel like he's either going to get you 30 and 10 or he's going to get you like 10 and 5 and it's going to be the ugliest game you've ever seen. <laughs> Jared Allen is off and on just as much. Uh, there were some rumors that he might get traded in the offseason. So, you know, their big moves this offseason were they're losing Chetty Osman, right? They lose Danny Green. They lose Raul Nato. Um, and their big additions was they bring in Amani Bates and uh, the big sign and trade to get Max Struess, who was a big, you know, contributor out there in Cleveland. I think you just put Struess into that Chetty Osman role, and he's just a better version of him. So they're making all the right steps. They re-signed Karis LeVert as well. Mm. I mean, look, they had a good year this year, right? They were the four seed, and... They looked really good in the in the regular season. Great defensively, right? Evan Mobley, great potential there. I love Donovan Mitchell. But this year, you know, everyone's always trying to get better. So it's like, are you getting better at that same rate? Uh, I mean, I think they're going to be in that six seed range, five, six, or play-in type range. But, well, you know, I the whole so. thing is, do you trade Donovan Mitchell? to make sure you get something back. And then again, it's like, are you even going to be able to get anything? Or is this just going to be a thing where, hey, we traded for Donovan Mitchell. He was good here. He maybe brought that winning culture for like two seasons, and now he's gone. Yeah, you might just have to bite the bullet on that one, you know, but this is the year that we've got to see a the super the star potential that Evan Mobley has, has to, you know, show up and be consistent. He has got to take the next step. You know, let's not just be a 16 and 10 guy. Let's bump that up because you can, you know, it's right there. He is extremely talented. Or, or if you're going to be a 16 and 10 guy, then you got to be in the defensive player of the year conversation. Yeah. But I mean, he can be more than that. I mean, he could definitely be, a, be more than that. You know, he's got his brother on the team now yeah. and Isaiah Mobley. Um, Amani Bates, though, you watch out for uh the potential of this guy if he can hold it together. We've we've heard about Amani Bates and his time at Memphis. That didn't work out. He goes to Eastern Michigan, but man, the guy can play. He's got talent. Could that be the steal of the draft if he can hold it together and just you know play basketball? But because then, then you just have more to look forward to in the future, and you wouldn't be so hurt by Donovan Mitchell leaving. So um, I just feel like that's going to be a storyline all year. It's going to kind of plague them a little bit. It's going to become just extremely annoying for the other guys to have to answer questions. Um, if that's going to be looming over them all year, that's just kind of a bad spot to be. I still think they're going to be probably in the same spot they were. I don't I don't expect a, a – regular season drop off of production from where they were last year. I still think they'll be probably just as good. Um, they're just kind of a perfect regular season team. Will, will it amount to anything in the playoffs? I, I still doubt it. If I'm Cleveland, I think I try to look at it like we have to be so good this year and play so hard that if Donovan Mitchell chooses to leave, everyone will think he's an idiot, you know? 
like Kawhi Leonard. Guys should have re-signed with Toronto. He should not have went to L.A. if he'd have stayed with Toronto. The legacy of Kawhi Leonard would just be in a completely different atmosphere. But he said, no, nah, I want to go to L.A. And now, now he's been in L.A. And, I mean, we all know how that's been going. So, I mean, if Cleveland can somehow, like, grind out that regular season. Because that's the thing. A lot of teams are capable of grinding out the regular season, right? We saw what Sacramento did last year. You can really lock in. And I think Cleveland's in a position where they're not just like, uh, let's just get to the playoffs and then we'll turn it on there. If they can win, you know, 55-plus games and somehow finish as like that top three seed and then have a decent playoff run, you know, not get waxed in the first round, maybe win a series, maybe win two series, and then say, Donovan Mitchell, are you really about to walk away from this? This is your team. We follow behind you. We have all the success. The city's ready to get behind you. Are you really going to go to New York and just, I mean, are you going to have more success over there? Probably not. So, I mean, that that's what I think, right? I mean. Yeah, I mean, you know, it might just be, yeah, going to New York, is that getting you closer to a championship? I don't think that's what he's, what would the, uh, what the concern, what the want would be. I think, you know, that's just bigger for your personal brand. Being an athlete in New York is big time far more than it is in Cleveland um, because Cleveland, you kind of got, if, if your only goal is to win, I'm staying in Cleveland. I'm going to help build this thing with Mobley and, and Garland because there's some special talent there, uh, maybe more so than New York. I, I might think so, um, at least just purely on potential. Um, but you know, I think they'll just be exactly kind of what they were again. They'll they'll be an athletic, fun team to watch in the regular season, maybe win a playoff game or two, and then you know, that's that. And then all eyes are on Mitchell. But I do think that's gonna be a looming thing all over all during the season. Man, if they can lock in, they can have the best offensive backcourt in the league, Garland and Mitchell. And if the front court can lock in Jared Allen and Mobley, they could have the best defensive front court in the league. I mean, you put that together, and then you got Max Struess right in between that, filling in the gaps. Like potential, and you got Lavert as well. Well, Lavert's there, a guy, man. It's a good roster. It really is. Lavert's a guy. It's kind of always been a little frustrating. Um, he'll he'll disappear at times, you know, but. He's a good player, but he is definitely not wanting to be that main guy. You know, I don't know if main guy talent is there, but, you know, he's definitely extremely talented, but he just straight up disappears too much. Max Struess was a great, great get. I mean, this guy can shoot as well as anybody. And that will be his job. You know, he will space the floor extremely well and, you know, just open up all that space for, for Mitchell and Mobley. But, yeah, at the backcourt, you know, if – who knows internally if that really works of Garland and Mitchell. I think it can if they want it to. Um, I like Darius Garland, but, you know, I just I, – I, I think they're going to be right where they were. I think they'll be a three or four seed. I think you're right, man. And look, so that was it. There, there went our continuation of the NBA season preview. We talked a little bit about, you know, the Chris Stapps news. Uh, right after this, we're going to play our live show from yesterday where we talked about James Harden, Kevin Garnett's crazy Anthony Davis comments, and just really all the big recent news in the NBA. 
So I guess right now we're, we're technically signing off, but you're about to hear our voices in literally one second. So Root, anything you want to say before we leave in this present time? Uh, no, I just want to give it to us for doing a great job and continuing to double team everybody. That's what we do. All right, guys. Talk to you next week. This is WNSP Now, live. From online to on air, the sports station presents your favorite WNSP Now shows live on air. Here are Nick and Root with the double team. That's right. We're back. It's time to talk a little NBA basketball. It's the double team with Nick Wiggins, myself, and with my guy, Steven Root. Root, how you doing, man? All good, buddy. Just over here moving and shaking and dusting, man. How are you? I'm good, man, but not as good as James Harden is out there in China. Did you see that he sold $10,000 worth of wine in like 10 minutes? The Chinese people love him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's over there not worried about anything while uh, his team, his teammates, everybody over on uh, our side is completely worried about James Harden. I guess he's doing just fine. Yeah, so if you haven't heard, James Harden had some comments in China. He said, Daryl Morey is a liar. I will never play for an organization that he's a part of ever again. And all the little kids at the Chinese basketball camp just were staring and blinking like, is this directed at us? <laughs> Who is he talking to here? But look, we we know about the, the whole thing with Daryl Morey and China uh, at the beginning of COVID, right? How China was about to ban NBA basketball because of what Daryl Morey said. And so, so James Harden knows his audience, right? He knows who he's talking to. They're probably going to uh, put a statue up of him you know, off those comments and what he, what he's been doing. But throughout this whole scenario, right, and we'll get into the nitty-gritty of it all, I just want to know, are you team James Harden or are you team Daryl Morey? Uh, I don't think I have to pick. Um, no, I've, you do. I've never That's been a I James asked. Harden f- I know. Well, I've <laughs> never been a James Harden fan. But throughout all of this, I do think that uh, – there is a definite possibility that Daryl Morey is a slimy person. I think uh, multiple things can be true here, um, but I think just James Harden has more to lose here. I mean, they'll just up and forget about him if he keeps doing this to every team he plays for. So at this point, I don't know what happens, but I do think there's probably a possibility that He's telling the truth and that Daryl Morey maybe is a bit of a slimy person, did promise something and did not deliver. But now what? What does he expect to get now? I just I don't understand um, how you can keep doing this to every team, just about the last few teams you've played on and expect the teams are going to continue to want you. Um, I definitely think they're, you know, I think this should affect Harden's Hall of Fame voting. I, I don't. Don't, come on, don't don't go to bat for somebody. I mean, okay, you can respect the game, no. but look, I mean, when he's doing this to all of these teams, I mean, the stats are fine. Sure, you can have them, but I'm sorry. There's got to be more to at least getting into the Hall of Fame, what your career looked like, and for him, it's it's a joke, and it's his fault. No, look, 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 listen. Everyone just sees the big headline, James Harden demands out <clears throat> again, but they don't know the nitty-gritty details. 
James Harden could have been a free agent this offseason. He didn't have he had a player option. He could have declined that player option, been a free agent, and picked where he wanted to go and went anywhere he wanted and signed a, signed a brand new deal. Instead, he decided, probably working with Daryl Moore, you know what? I'm gonna accept this player option. That way. You can trade me somewhere, and I'll have even more dictation of where I want to go because now they'll be able to trade things directly back to you to clear the money. And for Philly, they're not just letting James Harden walk away for nothing. They're going to get something back in that trade. That would be the only way that James Harden could go and play for the Clippers, let's say, where he really wanted to go. So James Harden wouldn't have given away his ability to choose where he wanted to go if he knew that Daryl Morey was going to pull this on him. And that's why I'm rocking with my guy James Harden, and I think the media is out to get him. Uh, oh, come on. They're trying to villainize him. And I don't, I don't think it's right, man. If this was a one-time thing, if, you know, past actions from him to other teams well, look, look, hasn't... It, it, why did he want out of Brooklyn? He saw the writing on the wall with Kyrie. Kevin Durant asked out, too, and we're not mad at him, right? And We he, clowned Durant enough, plenty, for decisions <laughs> he He left made. Houston, why? Because they hired Steven Silas, and they weren't about to win, and he was a guy that was in a competitive... He was still playing competitive basketball. He didn't want to just rot away on that horrible Houston roster. So he goes to Brooklyn. See, when you look at the details, everything makes sense. And I mean, look, and that's why I said that I do not believe that um, Daryl Morey is clean in all this. He kind of seems like he could be a slimy person. So do I definitely believe that something went down, at least to cause Harden to do this and to come out? I mean, he really doesn't have much other recourse at this point than to take it public. And that's what he's doing. I mean, he picked a good place to do it, too, especially uh, turning all of China against Daryl Morey. Not like that needed much um, help. But, that's right. I mean, uh, I, it's, saw, it's, it's, I saw someone say that James Harden should pull a Lionel Messi and sign like the world's biggest contract and just play in China and be like their superhero of basketball. I mean, it's not the craziest thing in the world. I mean, you look at what Saudi Saudi Arabia has done in sports. They haven't really dipped their toe into the NBA yet, but could you imagine if they did? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all if that was their next venture was to get in the NBA and offer ridiculous contracts to try to lure talent to Saudi Arabia. I mean, they've, they've done it now, and, and soccer and golf and all of this, and could basketball be next? I don't know. But, you know, James Harden at this point, teams have to now weigh, like, what you're going to get out of this guy and how long are you going to be able to get it. You know, the, the play on the court is still good. But I don't think it's, it's great enough that teams will be willing to totally just hope that he will commit to your team. At some point, you know, the league will just forget about him. It'll be too much to deal with. You can never forget about a player the caliber of James Harden, a top five shooting guard in NBA history. You're just you're too much of a fanboy with some of these guys, and, and Harden is definitely one. I mean, I get what you're saying about this particular instance, and you can make excuses for times in the past, but 
you know how how you go about things matters and it just definitely looks like he could have gone look, about did, things did Kyrie not just sign a four-year hundred and something million dollar deal with Dallas after everything Kyrie has done so I think James Harden's fine. He just led the league in assists and was the only reason that they were even competitive in that Boston Celtics game. Well, I mean, Boston Celtics series. So James Harden's going to be fine. Uh, well, okay. I, I'm not going to. I'm just saying I've never been a fan of Harden, and this doesn't help me get there, you know, now. But I, I do think Daryl Morey is responsible for probably a lot of this. And, you know, even more importantly, the big thing would be is if somehow Joel Embiid was run out of Philly because of this and or, you know, Maury's treatment of Embiid. If if Embiid, who now you can look at this ridiculous man, we look at these guys, social media accounts, but he is now like removed his location from Philadelphia on his (laughs) is so stupid. But man, if you were to run off Joel Embiid, the process that has taken so many years and has not culminated in a championship yet, if that were to go away in Embiid, it's a total disaster, and that could not be forgiven. I mean, that could be the the absolute worst-case scenario. Yeah, and man, it's entirely possible, but hopefully everything works out. I'm sure it will, but look, let's talk about, and maybe you know a little bit more on this than me, the NBA in-season tournament. So obviously, we, you know, we got to get the regular season games more competitive. So they've come up with this kind of clever way to where it is the regular season. But look, can, can, you, can you break it down for me? Do you know a little bit more on the nitty gritty details? Um, sort of. I mean, I, I, mean, I kind of do, but do I? I know there's like I different cared groups enough to know ev- and you have to play like there those teams. Each conference will have its A, B, and C group. Um, it, it starts November 3rd. Um, it's just, you know, the giving you the little nitty-gritty details about it now, that's kind of besides the point of just do we like what they're trying to do and do we think it'll work? And and what is, relatively speaking, working? I, I'm not sure of that, but... I don't think a lot of people care that, about this. I, I feel like it's, you know, just, just kind of hokey, drumming up. It, it's just, like, too confusing, I feel. Like, it's not just like a, here's a bracket. I mean, it's, like, clever the way that they're doing it, where it's like, these are the regular season games. But just to, like, your average person, I, it just seems like a lot of different things to keep up with. Maybe after... It goes on for a while. People will understand, like, oh, this is how it works. Yeah, we're excited. But right now, I feel like it's just, I mean, if you and I are confused, as big of NBA fans as we are, and we can't just break it down, I feel like that's kind of a red flag. Well, I mean, there's some things. I mean, I've seen people say, like, you know, they would love to see the winner of this in-season tournament get an automatic bid into the playoffs and, and actually make it mean something because, you know, unless you do something for the winner to make it really worth winning, how much more will a player care about this, winning this, compared to just their regular season schedule? I mean, I, I, at this point, you know, I really don't know how much more they will care. They're going to play the games they got to play. Um, but, I mean, look, you and I are the basketball fans. We are. We'll watch it. We would have watched it without it. Um, but at this point, I'm, uh, it's not something I'm excited just 
because it's a new thing, I just will watch the usual amount of basketball I always watch. Well, look, all I'll say is if the Atlanta Hawks somehow win the in-season tournament, now all of a sudden it matters. Well, I will say that, too, based on, like, you saying that. I, I do think a team that is, you know, maybe a little younger, I think a team that could come out of this, like a Jazz or a Cleveland, that could really end up winning this just for the fact that it's early in the season, it's a regular season thing. I could definitely see a team maybe you wouldn't think winning it. That's right, man. Well, look, hey, when we come back, we're going to talk about some interesting Kevin Garnett comments and a lot of other NBA stories. But for Steven Root, I'm Nick Wiggins, and you are getting and in the process of being double teamed. It's the double team, the only NBA show in Alabama, probably, right, Root? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Can't be sure about that, but the best in Mobile for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, look, guys. So we're not always on air, right? This is WNSP Now Live. We're here every third week, but we are every week on WNSP Now, wherever you can get your podcasts. And right now we're doing a little series where we are previewing every NBA team in alphabetical order. We've already done Atlanta, my Atlanta Hawks, the Boston Celtics, and the Brooklyn Nets. On tomorrow's episode, we're going to be doing a breakdown of the Hornets, the Bulls, and the Cavs, talking about the offseason moves they made and what, you know, predictions moving forward. You know, we hear that Donovan Mitchell doesn't want to re-sign, so a lot of storylines to get to there. So definitely uh, subscribe to WNSP Now, and you can catch that show every Thursday. But before we went to the break, I said that there were some Kevin Garnett comments. Root, do you want to expound upon those? Yeah, it was Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce um, talking about Kevin Garnett talking about Anthony Davis and basically saying that Anthony Davis can do everything Jokic can do, can do everything that Embiid can do, and that he expects him to win an MVP, if not this year, next year for sure. You know, whether or not you listen to Kevin Garnett for anything other than entertainment, I, I don't know. He's an, he's an entertaining guy, and I'll, I'll just maybe leave it at that. Um, but the conversation surrounding Anthony Davis is basically one we have all the time, it seems like. Does he live up to his potential? That potential is there. You know, KG talking about he should reclaim, or, or not reclaim, but claim his spot is possibly the, the best player in the league. That's that's nice to say because we think that potential is there, but it's never met. Um, it, it's met in moments, maybe in spurts, but not for long periods of time and definitely not in an entire season. Um, I, I Maybe KG saying this because his game resembles the game of Anthony Davis, and he wants you know, the, the guy that most resembles himself to uh, live up to this expectation. Um, but I don't know. It's it's Anthony Davis. You can exhaust yourself with talking about what he should do, what he can do. Um, but at this point, you know, the guy is who he is. He's a great player um, a lot of times, but sometimes he disappears, and that's probably all he'll ever be. 
Well, and, and not to say that it isn't absolutely great when it is, but sure. you know, the guy disappears and has his injury problems. Well, and Anthony Davis hasn't been in the argument of being the best player since he played in New Orleans, which was what four, five seasons ago, and even then, it was like he's top five talent, but he wasn't ever better than Braun, Curry, or Durant, or any of those guys. Everyone says he's going to hit this potential, that it's there. Dude is almost, he's getting closer to 30 at this point, and if you haven't seen it now, when are you going to see it? And Kevin Garnett, man, you must be off that Hennessy like Paul Pierce because we saw what Jokic did to Anthony Davis and to that whole Lakers team in the Western Conference Finals. Anthony Davis can't hit step-back threes, you know, from over the top of his head like Jokic can. Anthony Davis isn't out here getting 12 assists a game. Anthony Davis isn't... And Go ahead. I was going to say Paul Pierce made a great point that for Anthony Davis to truly probably be in the MVP discussion, that would mean the Lakers are probably uh, in the top of their conference. And do we think that can happen? Or are they going to be a, you know, four, five, six, seven seed? And could he possibly do it from that point? But you're right about the age and the body is a huge concern. If we haven't seen it yet, you're not going to see Anthony Davis just all of a sudden get better and get healthier and be able to stay healthy all season. I mean, we've seen it over and over and over again that it is what it is at this point. And and let's just be honest with ourselves. If the Lakers somehow are miraculously the one seed, how much of that is LeBron and how much of that is Anthony Davis? And even if Anthony Davis is playing great, when it comes to an MVP vote, are you going to pick Anthony Davis, who had a great year, who also is playing with a LeBron averaging 25-7-7? Or are you going to pick, you know, the Jokic or the Luka, the guy who's averaging 30 points and a triple-double? But, you know, look, we're talking about big big men and how great they are. Stephen A. Smith went on Paul George's podcast this past week, and he talked about a guy local to us from Mobile, Alabama, DeMarcus Cousins. Let's, uh, Let's hear what he had to say. I look at a guy like DeMarcus Cousins, I don't like the way he's being treated. He still got game. He got game, bro. You know, and and I'm not going to rest. You got people looking at me and he's not a fit. I'm like, shut the hell up. DeMarcus Cousins right now would be a top five big man in basketball. Right now. Period. With his skill set, his body, his strength, his basketball IQ, his shooting ability, everything, he would be a top five player. Now, you might have, oh, man, he he shouldn't have been so acerbic and truculent. He shouldn't have been this way. shouldn't have been that way. All right, y'all. Come on, man. Where's forgiveness at? Where's compassion? Where's understanding? This brother has a game. He does not deserve to be in Puerto Rico. Stephen A. Smith using a lot of big vocabulary there. Uh, <laughs> what do you think? I, I mean, look, if do you think that the only reason DeMarcus Cousins isn't in the NBA right now is because of, you know, that stigma and of what his attitude is and was when he was younger? I have to believe that plays a part, if not be the whole reason. I mean because we we definitely know that the game of DeMarcus Cousins I mean would he be a top five big man in the league I don't know about that but look you know in today's league a big man that can shoot like he can and do it all I mean there's no doubt that he deserves to be on a team and it's a total total shame that he's not I mean we're DeMarcus Cousins fans but yeah can can we think that he's 
maybe gotten better attitude-wise and when he was young. You know, a lot of people do. I, I just think it's totally ridiculous he's not on a team. The game is absolutely still there. Yeah, right now he's out in Puerto Rico, like Stephen A. Smith said. I think, you know, he played with the Lakers for a little bit um, behind, you know, on, with Braun. The last time he really played actual minutes, I feel, and was looked at as a contributing factor was when he decided to join the Golden State Warriors the year that uh, Kawhi Leonard uh, beat them. Am, am I correct on that? Well, it's just like, you know, you mentioned that that fit. I mean, you know, that's a team he could go play for right now and be of, of help. That's a, a big needing team in Golden State. Um, but just look around the league and tell me how many teams could use him um, as more than just an end of a bench guy. I mean, that talent is you don't find that talent. So, yes, you got to kind of believe that teams don't want the attitude around or, or whatever it is, because we all know the talent and it's talent that is so hard to find. That's right. Well, and see, I think another thing could be like, DeMarcus Cousins' game and play style is that of a star player. Like, you run a game through him, he's going to get his shots up, and he's going to do everything that he knows how to do. So when a team is looking for a role player, hey, you're going to stand in the corner. When you do get the ball, shoot the three. Hey, get down there and fight for those rebounds. DeMarcus Cousins is capable of so much more. That might make it kind of harder to fit him into a smaller box, if, if that makes any sense. It does make a lot of sense. I mean, you can maybe compare him to loosely to Carmelo Anthony, but Carmelo Anthony made the proper adjustments late in his career to still be a, a piece on the bench and, you know, stop demanding so much from your team or demanding that you get a certain amount of minutes or whatever. Carmelo became you know, very reasonable at the end of his career and did what he could do, sit in the corner and shoot the three and, and be, you know, be good at what he was needed for. You know, if, if, if Boogie was able to concede a little bit and just be a teammate, then absolutely a team would probably have him on the team. Only got about a minute left. So before we get out of here, just want to touch on NBA Hall of Fame. That happened. Uh, this year's class had... Dwayne Wade, Tony Parker, Pal Gasol, Dirk Nowitzki, and head coach Greg Popovich. One of the better classes. I mean, all these guys are elite, elite, elite. Um, you know, emotional speeches with Dwayne Wade shouting out his dad. I will ask you this, Root. Who do you think, including Popovich, with all these players, who do you think is the greatest? Ah, uh, that's really tough. It would be between including Popovich makes it really tough yeah. but to me it's between between Dirk and Wade they were so generational so important to that generation our adolescence and childhood watching right. these players but ah uh, man to the game I'm gonna say Dirk I agree man I, I I gotta go Dirk too he was one of my favorite players uh you know look I love 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 LeBron but when Dirk beat him, I was like, man, you know what? This, is, this isn't that bad. I think I can handle this. as long if, if this guy's happy, <laughs> I'm happy. And I hope you guys are happy from hearing this live version of the double team. Root and I are going to continue our preseason breakdown of all teams tomorrow. So 
Be sure to check that out. For Steven Root, I'm Nick Wiggins, and you have been Double Teamed.